The Individual Coverage Health Reimbursement Arrangement, ICRA as it's called, is an amazing option for any organization that has 1099 contracted employees. I'm going to go through the nine key things to know about when it comes to this potential offering. If this fits your definition of employees or contracted employees, I should say, in your organization. So these are the nine things that an ICRA can help with. Now, if you don't know what an ICRA is or individual coverage, health reimbursement arrangement, you can do a quick Google search and get a quick up, up uh, highlight. But I think it'll become pretty clear as I go through these nine, why this is important and why this is a really a, a big deal for anyone that has contracted employees. Because up until now, you were a little bit limited on what kind of benefits you could give them. And you could have some really key contracted employees like I do where Man, they're essential, but I'm limited and a little handicapped in certain ways of what I can do to, to reward them with non-cash compensation. The benefits are it's non-cash, tax-free, tax-deductible compensation that really has leverage. So when you offer benefits, it's a leverage play. It's not just giving them an extra dollar an hour. It's a huge impact to them, huge value play. So that's why that's important. Hey, everyone, my name is John Millen. I'm the managing partner for the Millen Group, a 20-year-old benefits agency in Richmond, Virginia. This is a Benefit Packers podcast. I'm going to quickly go through. I apologize if I'm talking fast because today I've had one five-hour energy and a half a Starbucks. So I'm a little wound up, but I want to keep this short and sweet. So please don't mistake my speed of talking with, I don't know what with. But anyways, I'm going to go through this. Nine things. Number one, an ICRA is a great alternative to group health plans. If you've ever looked at this, some states, it's very hard to have your contracted employees put in a group plan, accepted by a group plan, meet the hurdles of a group plan. And sometimes this is not worth it. And I've gone through this and I basically stay away from it. But in the past, I'm like, you know, you could do it, but it is such a pain in the butt. There's minimums, there's thresholds. Some carriers don't like it. Some do. It's just not worth it. So this is a great, number one, a great alternative to offering group health insurance. Number two, you can reimburse the employee, or I keep saying employee, the contractor for the cost of the premium, the insurance cost, not the out-of-pocket expense. When they go to use it, they can, you can reimburse for the cost of the premium. That's the entry point. That's the big change, one of them, that happened on January 1, 2020. When this went into law, Trump signed it into law. During COVID, mind you, no one, not no one, but a lot of people missed it. Like the other things were going on. This was a huge shift. Wait a minute. Up until then, I couldn't pay for the premium for health insurance. No. You couldn't, you couldn't reimburse for the, for the premium to purchase an individual plan. That's the, that's the key there. So yes, you did on a group plan. But if you're like, hey, I want my employees to pick their own plan and just get something and I'll just reimburse them for whatever they want. No, no, no. That's not allowable up until January 1, 2020. So, and I'm going to explain why that's important because this is the shift from the group market for certain people into now going into the individual health market, which has some, some benefits, has some drawbacks as well. So that's the second thing. You can reimburse now for the premiums for an individual policy. It's tax deductible for the employer. So this is a tax deductible cost and the benefit is tax free to the contractor. So think about that. You take taxes out of the equation. Taxes could be 
what? I don't know. Depending on what bracket you're in, it's probably 30%. You're going to pay 30% tax when it comes to state and federal and, and FICA and all that other stuff. I'm not an accountant, but it's a chunk. It's a third probably. And if it's highly paid, you know, if it's an expensive area, it could be more. So it's tax deductible for the employer and it's tax free to the contractor. That is a really big deal. Um, so that's the second piece. Third, there's different ways you can contribute. How do you know how much do you contribute to the employee? And what I suggest, one of the easiest, is a flat amount. Now there's other ways, but to keep it simple, that means you could say, for instance, I'm going to give everybody $300 a month. Now there's some rules and there's some um, things called a three to one ratio that we go through to make sure no one's being um, dis dis dis, 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 dis disadvantaged, I think I'm trying to say, with the contribution amount. So we, we'll help you with that. Don't worry about that piece. The important thing is, you know, wait a minute, I've got 15 contracted workers. You mean I can just set up, say, 300 or 400 or 500 or 600 or 200, whatever the number is, we can help you with that, and you're done. Yes. We help you with the regulation to make sure you don't exceed that 3 to 1 ratio. We'll get into that later. So that is simple easy, quick, right? It's not a lot of complexity. Number four, there's no minimum enrollment requirement. That is a game changer because group plans normally require after certain waivers, 50% participation. Some require 75% participation. I've gone through this and it can be that you get down to the end and you don't have enough participants and you can't can't submit the group. Like, sorry guys, uh, we didn't get participation. Well, you know, you can't know that all the time going into a virgin situation where there's no coverage. So the, here there's no minimum requirement, enrollment requirement. Number five, you can do this any time of year. When you say, I want to do an ICRA, that is a special enrollment period. It's called an SEP. Think about that. You can do it any time of year. And as far as I know, and this, I'm going to check on this. I'm pretty sure you can cancel any time. So it's not like you're locked in for three years or one year. Um, you can just, uh, just like a group plan, if you start a small group plan or a fully insured plan, it doesn't even have to be small group. And you can terminate a fully insured group contract in most states. And I'm going to disclaimer here, in most states at will. Like you don't have to, just, you don't have to continue it. The difference is th- there's some nuances if it's a level funded or self-funded plan, right? Those are a little different, but I'm talking about fully insured Definitely small group, mid-size, large group, you can cancel. So that's the fifth thing. You can do this any time of year and you can cancel. Um, The sixth, it's huge high value, tax-free benefit to the employee. It's high usage. A lot of people view health insurance as a high-use product. Not that you're getting sick and having accidents all the time, but it's running all the time. It's something people visualize them using someday for something, even if it's for routine preventive maintenance checks, right? That might be different than something like, hey, I'm going to give everybody long-term care insurance. That is a high value, but people don't perceive it as high uses like, oh my God, I'm 35. Why do I care about long-term care insurance? Well, when you're 75, you will care about it, but now I don't really care about it. So this is a high value, high usage, relatively low cost uh, benefit for you to offer. Relatively speaking, three, four, five hundred dollars $500 a month for, an, for a contracted employee, contractor, at worker that might be generating you $100,000 of revenue is low, right? It's a low cost. So that's nice. Okay. So that's one, two, three, four, five. That was six high value seven. It's extreme employee choice, high, extremely high employee choice 
based on where they live and their needs. When you buy an individual plan, when you allow them to, to buy their own plan where they live, they get to pick what makes sense for them. Contrast that to a group plan. You have a group plan, you have one or two or three options and you hope that they value it. And it's usually based on where the predominant number of employees live, right? That's what you usually pick. So if it's a Blue Cross state, you're picking a Blue Cross plan and then, oh, sorry, Mary, you're in Maryland. Um, you know, your, your network coverage may not be as good. With this, with an individual plan, it's anywhere. So it's high choice, um, high customization, and there's lots of different carriers on that in the individual market that allows for competition. So that's really great. Employees like that. Look, I was at Starbucks today. There's four types of milk. Like, I didn't know there was four types of milk. There's oat milk and coconut milk and milk that's not milk and all this other stuff. So p- employees, people really do like choice, but they've been con- conditioned in the group market that the only way you can get it up until 2020 really is through the employer. They kind of held that key. That's changed. All right. So let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. That was seven. Number eight. Number eight, I recommend, this is more of a recommendation, I guess, that you use an, a platform to do this. You can podgepodge this together. You can use an HRA vendor. You can use different things. You could certainly do this manually. The reimbursement, the payments, you could do all that yourself if you wanted and save yourself a little money. But I don't think most people want to do that, but you can. So I, I leave that there. You can certainly do it yourself if you want. What I suggest is you find a vendor that does it. Technology has changed. In three years, there's some vendors that have been working on this thing for 10 years. Before it became outlawed with Obamacare, then it came back. They started and had to stop. There's lots of technology that will do this for you. You write one check. The people go on a platform. It pays the bills for you. You pay a little fee for this, right? You're going to pay an admin fee, a technology fee, but it's not a big deal. It's worth it to simplify the process. So I recommend... And there's different platforms. There's some for small groups. There's some for mid. There's some for enterprise. Um, they're coming out new all the time. I have researched a few. I have some good recommendations that I would recommend. This is an evolving market, but I've done some of that research if you want to know about those. And number nine, I recommend that you look for a partner that provides one-to-one benefits counseling for the contractor. Why do I say this? Because I've been in the industry for 20 years and I know for a fact that a percentage of all workers do not understand what a deductible is. They don't understand what four-tier prescription means. They don't understand what an HMO is versus a PPO. It's just the way it is. It's okay. Insurance is confusing and the, the industry changes terms all the time. Like this is a tailored network. This is a skinny network. What the heck does that mean? So you maybe want to find a partner to do this that has people that are not paid a commission. They they don't get paid on what you buy. They get paid a flat rate or a salary to help the contractor or to help the employee. That's what I suggest. That's what we do. There's others that do this too, but I think... Certain industries, yes, you could get away without that. So if you're a large enterprise company and everyone's already enrolling now and they just go on and pick something, maybe you could get away with that. But still, you're going to have a segment of your population. Even if you have 10,000 employees, you're going to have a percentage of them. They're like, I have no idea what to do. And that small percentage of people will overwhelm you potentially. It's going to stress them. So why not have a backstop? Have like, hey, we got this little... This little safety line here that, hey, if you want to talk to someone, you don't have to. 
If you want to pick your own plan, you can go for it. Here's your, here's your allotment. You get $400 a month. Go pick it. It might even be free because your plan might cost less than that. It may cost a little more and you can spend a little bit out of your pocket. But either way, have a backstop. Have someone that can help you that has people and not a call center. Not, not, I shouldn't say call center. There are lots of call centers. Not an offshore kind of thing, right? You want people to understand that the insurance market in the U.S. and you, my opinion... You don't want to have any kind of conflict of interest. You don't want those people being paid any kind of commission on anything that's sold. That's just, we used to do that years ago. I got out of that years ago. I just don't like it. it even if you have honest people, honest people can be swayed unintentionally by those things. So find something that's either, they get paid a flat you know, hourly rate to help people or a salary employee. It doesn't matter to them. Whether they enroll or not, doesn't matter to them if they want to add a dental plan. They don't get paid more money. They're there to serve people, and I suggest that you use that as part of your thing. So that's it. Nine things. If you want more information, you can send us an email at sales at millengroup.com. It's S-A-L-E-S at millengroup, M-I-L-L-E-N group.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on YouTube. You know, you can go to our website, millengroup.com if you want to check out stuff. So lots of information. This stuff is coming out all the time. And if you want to talk more or if you want to just run a simple analysis, a simple proposal, that's all it is. No obligation, no cost. Takes a few days once I get your data. Um, I can do that, by the way, so that you know what is required because this comes up. We just need a simple file, an Excel file with some data. It's called a census file and basically has, if you want to put the person's name, you can. So that when you get the proposal back, you can see like it will make sense. You don't have to put names. You can put ID numbers if you want. The name is irrelevant, but if you want to use it so that you can decipher the proposal, that's fine. So we need the name of everybody that's going to take the plan. So if it's a family of four, you want to add all four lines, mom, dad, and kids. You want to put the date of birth. You want to put the gender, the biological gender, and you want to put the home zip code. What that's going to do is go to the rating areas. That, okay, you're in Michigan, and you're a female and you're 40 years old, here's your cost for these all these different plans. So that's how they rate. Some of them look at smoker versus non-smoker. I'm not seeing that much anymore. If you want to add that column, you can. It's not as important initially, so you can leave that out. Don't worry about that piece. So name or ID number, date of birth, biological gender, home zip. That's it. And you get it back and we can explain it from there. Hope that helps. Thanks for listening. Talk soon.